wait a minute, Steve, you're what? Where what? are you? Where are oh, you? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm upstairs in the bedroom now. Oh, geez, look at yeah. that. you've got you've you've got guitars on the wall. You're ripping off Ryan's thing. <laughs> I do. And hang, hang on, I gotta I gotta do my professional upgrade here for the podcast. Oh, he's got to put his green screen up. Down the laundry bin. Yeah, yeah he's got a, I think you got a lawsuit here. Did you? Oh, you trademark yes. Guitar Dungeon, right? No, I should get GuitarDungeon.com, yeah, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. Get <laughs> uh, you're gonna want to get a trademark. Crap out of the field of view. There you go. Now, now we're in a professional person's office. There. <laughs> I, I see a thong laying on the pillow behind. What me. is happening? <laughs> oh my God. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything about assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. <laughs> okay, well, the cowbells are are slightly better this week. I'm glad. Yeah, that was that was an improved <laughs> cowbell. No All right, good to hear it. Had some, yeah, we had some issues last week for those who uh, who, who weren't aware. Uh, hey, my... oh, oh, and it comes with extra enthusiasm too. Look at that. With feeling. Uh, hey, my name is Rob Minot, and uh, look at this. So who's joining me here? It's uh, Ryan Flurry. It's me again. Uh, and Steve Barkley. I'm feeling very positive about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Droopy dog. Droopy uh, dog. Yeah, you know what? We are all in good spirits today because why, Ryan? What are we doing? Well, we have a guest host who has joined us to share in our happiness this week. So why don't we introduce her? Because it has been since July of 2017, what? way back on episode 59. No that way. That she long ago? joined us. I looked on our site today. Epi Are you seems like episode only 59. Oh, and this, our search results don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be, but yes, welcome back to the show, Maria Johnson. For, yeah, Maria Johnson. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's right. your name? <laughs> yeah, right. It's been you got that the long. Right you got the right person. Yes, it's, it's good. I showed long. up in the right place too. That's right. From girlgoneblind.com. Um, I, I cannot believe it's been since 2017. I mean, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. And I was trying to think of the last time I was on. I knew it had been a while, but not that long ago. Four years. Yeah. That's way too long, guys. Way too long. Oh, I'm sorry. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so gosh, thanks. To, uh, Ryan reached out. So uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's like I said, it's been forever. Um, miss being on the show with the three guys in Canada. And here I am again. So ready to, to banter, banter. Together yeah. again. Yeah. And? Uh, and? And? What's the topic today, Ryan? 
Well, we decided we were going to do another good news show because we all need more good news in our lives. So here we are. Yeah, that's right. The last time I think we did this was about a year ago, right? I think you had mentioned that before. So I'm going to go with you. Before lockdown, before, (laughs) before lockdown, before Rona. I think, no, no, actually we did it in response to like, I think we did, we did a bunch of shows and uh, that's all we were talking about. We kind of got sick of like this stupid <laughs> pandemic and we thought, you know what, we're just going to do a show where it's all just good news. And we did that and uh, yeah, we got a good response oh. and we thought, Hey, it's around the year mark. So let's do this thing again. And plus we were out of ideas and Ryan. Could- <laughs> <laughs> but really we wanted to make an annual event. Yeah. Right. Right. Ryan start looking up those no calendar good. holidays. Okay, what's what looks good? We have done that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Plus, Ryan was telling us that there's just no no good guests left anymore. <laughs> wow, I hope nobody's listening to this episode. <laughs> we've, we've done them all. Wow. Why would they start now? No. Uh, <laughs> so everybody looks. So it's looks. it's we, you're recycling now. So it came back to like, well, it's Maria Johnson's turn. Bring her back. <laughs> Dig deep, Ryan. Dig deep. Ouch, that like hurt. <laughs> My heart is broken. Oh, I was so excited. I think I've been on the show twice, I think. Um, so this is number three for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, listen, why don't let's catch up? Uh, what uh, what's going on with you? What what have you been up to since uh, 2017? Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, a lot, <laughs> actually. Um, I got divorced. Happily okay. divorced. That's, <laughs> good that's good news. Thanks. Thanks. That's good news. That's good news. Okay, good. Um, okay. I got divorced two years ago. Uh, that's good news. And uh moved out and uh in my own home with my kids. And um, so that's been a huge change for me. Huge. Um, but uh it's been great. I've had to learn a lot of you know, being more and more and more independent, um, taking care of my own business and things like that. So um, that's been a huge change. Um, I, you know, on a personal level, and um, I'm actually um, going to be a first time grandmother in two months. What? So that's exciting, too. So lots going on, lots going wow. on. Yeah. So I'm really excited about becoming a, a Gigi. I'm going to be called Gigi because I am not, no, I'm not a grandma, granny, <laughs> Grammy. No, no, no. Um, I'm no. So I'm going to be called a Gigi. So it's a baby boy. So we're really excited for the countdown to that. And, you know, about 10 weeks or so. Wow. Um, that's great. So, but on a girl gone blind level, you know, the blog is still out there, uh, right and strong. It's, it's been a little dormant because I kind of pivoted my, my, uh, a lot of my career and my, um, uh, what I was kind of focused on, um, to public speaking. And I've been doing a lot of coursework and certifications to kind of step into those roles of getting on big stages, sharing, sharing, you know, messages worth, worth sharing and, um, telling my story, um, and, 
you know, hopefully giving, you know, the gift to somebody out there that needs to hear my story and hear that, you know, you can make it through, you know, vision loss and especially at a later age and, you know, still live a fantastic life. Um, it's just a little bit different. And so I've been completely focused on that and headed that way. I haven't taught, if you guys remember, I'm a group sort of, uh, group fitness instructor, have not taught a class since a year ago. Um, lots of my friends have done virtual instructor friends, but of course that's just a whole nother ball game and it doesn't really work for me. So I haven't really done much of the um, fitness at all. Um, so I just kind of pivoted and decided that I want to take, take it into a speaking direction and that's where I'm focused. And so that's, those are kind of some of the highlights, at least in the last couple of years. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Man, so you're you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> try to keep busy. Yeah. Try to keep busy. And you know, just lots of changes, you know, change, just lots and lots and lots of change. And you know, it's hard to get your head wrapped around it a lot of the time. But um, you know, when you do, you know, it's really powerful and empowering. And um, I've actually developed a a short talk that um hopefully can be considered for maybe a TEDx. That's what I'm going for is a TEDx. And um, yeah, so we'll see. So that's, you know, hopefully um, I'll be able to be share some of that kind of news um, next time I'm on. Cause you know, I will be. And um, <laughs> awesome. We'll, we'll do another good news episode and I can, you know, share some uh, what big stages I'm getting on. But the great thing is that everything's still pretty much virtual this year this year. So TEDx, of course, is all over the world. So you can do a TEDx and say, San Paulo, Brazil, virtually, you know, typically you would travel to a TEDx, wherever it may be and, and do your talk. So it's really kind of a game changer that things are virtual right now, because it, it gives you more opportunities to be able to get out there and share your message and, you know, um, spread something worth sharing. So kind of running with it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, actually, you know, it's funny you say that because I know that we have all been asked to uh, speak at the, well, it's not TEDx, it's actually FredX, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's TEDx's little brother. Not as, not as quite as prestigious, but. Yeah, not quite there. Look, look for Ryan's speech. At TEDx Fred. Junior. <laughs> yeah, Fred, Fred in this case stands for reality, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just heard Maria's good news. So why don't one of you guys grab a story and let's talk about it. All right, Steve, you're up. I'm, I'm up. Am I? Okay. All right. I'm leading off with a, uh, with an article from the good news network, my, my go-to source for good news. <laughs> uh, and uh, the headline uh, is, Two new nasal sprays that kill COVID-19 virus are looking remarkably effective. Hmm. Okay. So, so Israeli researchers uh, during the holiday of Rosh Hashanah in, uh, realized that uh, they uh, had a, a good opportunity to try out a nasal spray that they developed. Uh, and uh, they, I guess there's a big... Um, group of people, tens of thousands of people go to uh, the, the city of, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, B'nai Breck, B'nai Breck, I think. Um, and uh, they tested out this, uh, this nasal spray, 
and 83 people uh, because there, there's all these people getting together for these for these uh, religious uh, ceremonies at this festival and 83 people used the spray and of those 83 people uh, only two people caught COVID-19 and of those two people both of them reported that they forgot to use it <laughs> yeah. That's some science for you there. Yeah, but, but of 160 people who were approached but chose not to use the nasal spray, 16 of them, 10%, did contract the virus. So this this basically gets sprayed up your nose and it creates a, a defense for about five hours. So it could be great for, you know, we, we keep on having uh, issues around uh, gatherings, you know, like uh, big weddings mm. and big church ceremonies and things like that. So if they could get this to market quick enough, uh, you know, it, it could be kind of a first line of defense to help crowds of people get together without transmitting uh, the virus. Well, mm. and, think, and think about it, you know, with the... Um, variations of the virus that are out there this is probably going these vaccines are probably going to be an annual shot just like our flu shots are and so something like this might be an option come that time yeah it's interesting yeah, yeah you think about yeah. it you know it, it's it's again just kind of a tool in the toolbox right mm -hmm. everybody's walking around wearing masks you know everybody's you know walking around washing hands it's just one more thing that if they could roll it out quickly enough um it, it could become kind of this part of the standard kit you know it could be something that you use when you know you're going to church you're going to a hockey game you're yeah. you know your concert travel concert travel yeah travel on a plane you know yeah wonder if they've yeah. approached Otrevin or Dristan <laughs> yeah who knows <laughs> so they've got the market right they've got the facilities for manufacturing something like this so. yeah yeah there you go you just go after all the things that go up people's noses <laughs> Yeah. And it's a chemical that doesn't really interact with the body at all either. So it's, um, it, Safe. it's pretty innocuous. Yeah. Like there's no yeah. reason why anybody would have an adverse reaction to it. So exciting. But, but you, you can imagine if it had come out before the holiday, before Christmas, you know, we wouldn't right. have had maybe the surge, you know, things of that sort, but in, and to the other point, the, the variants, they're still a little skeptical whether the vaccines are going to be able to be in defense of these variants that are coming out. So, and I think it's a plus for just more tools to arm ourselves and the world um, from, you know, another surge or you know, another lockdown, you know, the whole thing where we're just all kind of coming out of it slowly, but, but I think we're coming out, so mm. yeah. Yeah. So right. this is this is already approved in, in, in Israel. Uh, it is called TAFIX, T-A-F-F-I-X, and it's created by NASUS Pharma, N-A-S-U-S Pharma. Very cool. All right. All right. Okay. You guys have sold me on this. Now I'm convinced because you're right. More tools in the toolbox is a good thing. And you no know No downside. What? Not, yeah, not really. So if you see it on the shelves, grab it because there's going to be a run on it like there was toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, another point, though, because mostly it's adults getting vaccinated. What about right teenagers, now, yeah. kids? This could be something they could use. So, you know, who knows? It's true. Toddlers yeah. love putting stuff up there. <laughs> right. Pin them down. Do it. Do it. Yeah. But, you know, as far as getting schools back in session, I know they're trying to do that, you know, so yeah, this could go far. This this could go. So, 
yeah, then it's a matter of how much, you know, how much can they get manufactured, right? And how much can they get out and, and uh, distributed? So lots there, but I think that's, um, it's, that's, it's a great start. I wonder if that's, uh, I wonder if that's the active ingredient in like hand sanitizer. Right. I, I don't believe so. I right. think that's alcohol. Pastor up your nose. <laughs> what that would, what that would feel like. Alcohol up your oh, nose? It doesn't no. feel good. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I love that Steve knows this. <laughs> You've never snorted vodka? <laughs> it's a great party game. Oh, yeah. You have to drink a lot of vodka before you do it. Yeah. Drink it I'm, first. Drink the vodka first before you do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid the alcohol that went through my nose came the other direction. <laughs> and, and it wasn't from throwing up. It wasn't from throwing up. It's because somebody told a joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny okay i got one for you all, all right. right okay okay uh once again this is from our good friends at the good news network uh and this is a little article titled she survived cancer at 10 now she will be the youngest person to be launched into space oh wow that's right uh the stars seem continually aligned for Haley arcano who following a battle with bone cancer when she was 10 years old, grew up to become a physician assistant in child oncology at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, the same facility where she was treated. As if that wasn't enough to thank her lucky stars, Arcano, who's now 29, was selected by the St. Jude's staff from hundreds of other employees to represent the famous hospital on the first ever all civilian space flight, arranged by SpaceX to, to take place at the closing of 2021. The Inspiration4 is a private, multi-day sightseeing and research trip into low Earth orbit that was purchased by Jared Isaacman, CEO of the payment processing company Shift for Payments, as a massive fundraiser for St. Jude's. Four seats will be available in the Dragon Capsule, symbolically representing four pillars, of which Arcanos will be the pillar of hope, for obvious reasons. Arcano hopes to show the kids at St. Jude's that the sky is not even the limit anymore, telling AP that it's going to be so much to these kids to see a survivor in space. The team, when finally assembled, will receive rigorous training in everything necessary to operate in the unique conditions of space, as well as the aspects of the SpaceX Dragon capsule. Like with most space flights, Arcano will be setting a series of firsts, becoming both the youngest American woman and the youngest American to exit Earth, Earth, surpassing Sally Ride, who was 32 when she embarked on a space flight in 1983. Oh, and she will also be the first American astronaut with a prosthesis. Uh, during her battle with bone cancer, she required surgery on her knee, and now her thigh bone contains a, a titanium rod, and she still has bouts of pain there occasionally. Very cool. Hmm. How exciting. I guess, although here's my thought of this. If I survive cancer when I'm 10 years old, do not shoot me into space. Like that just seems to <laughs> like, okay, I survived cancer and now you're going to literally put me on a giant bomb and shoot <laughs> me into space. Are you crazy? It's low earth orbit. It's not yeah. space, the final frontier. These I, are the voyages of. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, you, you couldn't. If I got a, a shot at going into one of those things, I would be there in a second. Yeah, but you didn't survive wow. when you were ten. I feel like that's you already dodged the bullet. You like, 
you you survived cancer and now you're just going to run around and now you're going to be shot into space risk it again absolutely yeah yeah All right. now when guys- they say low earth what what do they mean by that i mean i just i have no clue but what do it just i feel like steve's our space expert. yeah he's the science guy go okay. see low earth uh, orbit. what's the deal with that Low, low Earth orbit uh, is a um, an orbit with an altitude of uh, 2,000 kilometers or less, so approximately a third of the radius of the Earth, uh, or with at least 11.25 periods per day, uh, and an and, and an eccentricity less than 0.25. So when we refer, we refer to Steve as a science guy, we <laughs> I was also- to say, <laughs> and that means what? I, I, I Google really quick. Google. <laughs> like, wow. It's like, wow, this guy's smarter than I thought. Yeah, most, like, mo- most, of, had that. most of our satellites are in low Earth or yes. orbit. Okay. okay. So that's pretty high. That's space. Like, that is space. Yeah, that's space. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, my, con- my concern would be all of the space junk that Musk keeps throwing up there. You know how many satellites are up there? Floating oh, no, around, yeah. circling around. It's got to be getting cluttered. Yeah. 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 It's dangerous. <laughs> and I don't know that I'd be shooting this poor girl into space. Yeah. Well, if you had an opportunity, you might take it too. Yeah. So, so in, technically, in terms of where space begins, it's at 100 kilometers. Oh, so wow. they're, going, they're going well into space. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, if you get past the liftoff, isn't that the scary part? Uh, you know, you're good. Guess well, no, because this thing has to land, right? Like, isn't this yeah, thing I that's where they actually to. landed? I've watched some of those landings. Like, yeah, I you have to, you have to go with the, um, you have to go with the old uh, pilot's uh, adage of, you know, any any uh, trip is a good one as long as you walk away from it. Yeah. yeah. And I do have to say really quickly that Rob, you are always the optimist, and today you're negating everything positive we're saying. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm, Shame, shame, shame. You know, you know what I think the problem is? I think the problem is Rob's been working at Blind Beginnings for a while now, and he sees rosy optimism all day, so he just wants to come home and crap on the world. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to talk to his boss. I think, answer, I think that that's all amazing. I would not be getting shot. In, space. in fact, Steve, if you were like, Rob, guess what? I bought you a ticket on SpaceX and I'm going to shoot you into space. I'd, I'd be angry. <laughs> what did I do to you? <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> Just buy me poutine. I would have been happy. That's right. <laughs> I want to go into orbit. Then, in orbit. then you can go scalp the stove, scalp the ticket for double, you know? That's right. Make some money off it. Um, I was doing a little research, you know, knowing we were getting on the happy show. And um, there was an article titled, um, Woman Finds Husband's Secret Instagram Account. Well, so she was... Um, on Instagram, this gal, and it had, you know, people you might know, suggested friends, and she, she pops up as her husband. And his um, his name on Instagram was what she eats. <laughs> and he was, she was like, huh, who's she? Like, what is this about? <laughs> so she decided to 
friend, you know, to follow him, not friend him, follow him. And what it turned out is that her husband, um, well, backstory is she had been diagnosed with um, PCOS, which is polycystic ovaries ovarian syndrome, um, if I said that right, but um, it causes your hormones to go absolutely crazy, wacky, and all kinds of symptoms um, for females. And her husband had gotten a book called, um, um, oh my gosh, oh, now I'm slipping the name. I'm not, can't read the article, but um, about recipes and foods to make to kind of balance out your hormones and kind of combat PCOS and things of that sort. So what he was doing was to keep track of the recipes and photos of the food that he was preparing for his wife on a daily basis it would um to uh and document it he started an instagram account and he would take a picture of the food and he would put the recipe with it and put it on instagram so when he wanted to go back and peruse his recipes he would just go on his instagram account and just look like oh that was good and he'd have the recipe and a photo of the of the meal and so he was doing this unbeknownst to his wife um to keep track of foods and healthy, um, uh, healthy nutrition, all to help her regulate her hormones, become healthier, so that they could eventually conceive a could conceive a child. And he, she had no idea, and so she found out, saw this going on, and the Insta after she um, put on uh, she went on TikTok and told the story about how she discovered her husband's secret Instagram account. And it turned out he was doing this all for her and boom, overnight, you know, 6,000, 7,000 followers um, nice. for this guy. And um, so they hope that if, you know, she can get pregnant, um, he's already said that he's going to then start another account um, or add on to this one. And, put meals and recipes for healthy things that he'll make for her while she's pregnant. So, oh, mm. that was cute. That's nice. like it's adorable. Husband's story. Yeah. Yeah. That must be a pessimist. I thought that story was going to go in a completely different. <laughs> I know. That's why like, you know, that's, you know, the header, the headline was definitely clickbait, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was just an easy way for him to organize and document the recipes and the food that he was making. And it turned out now he's, you know, now he's this, you know, famous, you know, awesome husband for doing so. Very cool. So You know, I've heard so of people doing that though, too, like just even using th platforms like Instagram to store pictures or, or store things or organize things, not even like to have, have the account as something that they even share with, with somebody, but it just, it, it makes it really easy to have access to a cloud-based storage system. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really super easy to organize. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you probably could apply it to a lot of things. Um, with my daughter being pregnant, I actually um, suggested or somebody I saw bread somewhere that uh, when, um, this, um, another woman got pregnant, she started documenting her pregnancy just on Instagram photos, ultrasounds, whatnot, um, with, you know, the dates, you know, a little description and, um, the, 
the her um, name on there was, you know, her baby's name. And it was really just for them personally. So there wasn't a lot of followers or anything, but that wasn't the point. The point was it was an easy go-to to kind of travel along the, the pregnancy and, and, and beyond, I suppose. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you think about it, it's free, it's there, it's easy to get to and, you know, yeah. And it's cloud-based, so you're not going to lose it. You know, if you lose mm -hmm. your phone, you drop your phone, whatever, uh, yeah. you don't lose all your pictures. Yeah, Instagram's there. Yeah, yeah. So there's a warm and fuzzy for you. Nice. Who's Very next? Nice. Okay, who hasn't shared? Uh, Ryan. Ryan has not shared yet. I haven't shared, but I forwarded Rob and Steve three articles I found. Mm -hmm. So if you guys have them, I'm leaning towards, I don't know, I think I'm leaning towards the, the, the guide dog story. That one was kind of cute. And, All right, uh, I'll read it up for you. I got it right here. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Uh, title of the article is The Golden Labrador Who Keeps on Giving. Stumpy is a handsome Labrador who is destined for a career as a guide dog. Sadly, problems with a deformed leg meant it wasn't to be. But then Stumpy found a new way to help others by giving blood. The nine-year-old Labrador has saved more than 100 canine lives since the age of one by donating blood for emergency transfusions. Stumpy has been crowned the United Kingdom's most prolific blood donor dog. He has a negative blood type, which is especially valuable because it allows his blood to be given to any dog. Stumpy's owner, vet Ellie Pitaway, says, quote, Stumpy obviously has no idea what he's doing it for, but if he did, I'm sure he'd be very proud of himself, end quote. <laughs> I like that story. Yeah, who would have thought? A blood donor. Well, and a guide dog that just was never meant to be a guide dog, still yeah. giving. I never, yeah. thought of, I never thought about dogs like needing to donate blood because other dogs might. I did, I just even didn't even enter my mind. No. Uh -uh. Yeah, nor, nor did I. But did you know that if you go to www.canadiananimalbloodbank.ca, uh, you can find a donor clinic near you uh, and uh, vets can get involved in it as well if they want to. Nice. You know what? I think I'm going to change the Canadian Assistive Technology website because I really think that Steve's new nickname needs to be Google Boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a master of Google Foo. You're a Google Foo master. It's true. I have the Foo. It's always good to have someone that's, you know, doing it live, you know, yep. recorded in this case. <laughs> and actually, now that makes me a little suspicious because I do know that Steve and Ryan's table did win uh, at Trivia Night <laughs> on Saturday. So that's oh. That's things that make you go, hmm. No, no, no. I, 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 I did say uh, we were talking about this on the uh, Tuesday anti-gloom Zoom room. And uh, um, I, I, I told the folks there that uh, the reason we won is because not because we Googled, but because we got our, uh, our, our woman who was uh, there with us, uh, our what, what did they call moderator, her? moderator. Yeah. Uh, we, we got her to preface all of her questions with OK, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah. I like that. That's, really cool. <laughs> uh. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, hey, well, you know what, Ryan? Actually, this other one that you sent over to is kind of cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a bit of a twofer here. Okay. 
So the other story that you sent over was uh, something that's called, that says, all right, it's an article entitled Orchestra Brings Beethoven to the Death. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. Was a, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Ooh. Hungarian orchestra is helping deaf people to hear and enjoy the music of Beethoven through touch. Uh, this this uh, orchestra in Budapest holds concerts for hearing impaired people who quite literally feel the Fifth Symphony by Beethoven, who himself battled with hearing loss and wrote some of his greatest music while going deaf. Some of the audience sits next to the musicians and place their hands on the instruments to feel the vibration. Others hold balloons that convey the vibration of the sounds. Some are even given special hypersensitive hearing aids. Uh, When I sat next to the musician who's played the double bass, I started crying, said, oh, come on. (laughs) Okay, whose name starts with a Z? Susanna? Susanna? Z-S-U-Z-S-A-N-N-A? Susanna. Yeah, Susanna. Susanna Foldy, who had been deaf all of her life. Uh, The orchestra's conductor says the aim is to bring music to people who otherwise have no chance to enjoy it and to call attention to hearing difficulties that are often ignored. So that was a cool story, too. I love that. Yeah, that is a really cool story. And it reminds me of a story that actually we talked about uh, years ago. Um, but uh, I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was somebody who had developed a um, a haptic baton. Yes. Do you guys right. remember that? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so the conductor, you know, it, it attaches to the baton and the, the, the device detects the movements of the baton and then sends a wireless signal out to like a wristband or something um, that one of the orchestra members can wear so that that orchestra member can literally feel the beat because of course, you know, blind, a blind orchestra member is not going to be able to see the conductor. So um, Mm. yeah, it's cool. It's, I I love, Mm. I love, uh, I love the idea of like music adaptations and stuff for, for that. Yeah. Yeah. I just actually talked about a little bit about that on uh, another podcast. I, um, my son was uh, in the his college symphony and college orchestra. I played the French horn, and I never missed a concert all through you know elementary school, you know middle school, high school. I mean, I was always there. And then my vision loss happened, and then it was difficult to get there. Um, you know, I, I so badly wanted to go, and I and it was a bit of an adjustment because I, I was so used to watching the entire orchestra, the entire symphony, and that's, you know, I visually and auditorily, and then it became only auditory, and I'll tell you, that music took a whole nother level of richness and and um, color and just all about it. It just, everything about it became so much deeper as far as the enjoyment of those instruments and the songs, because I wasn't distracted by tuxedos and, and, you know, headbands and what's that girl wearing those shoes and everyone sitting around me. It simply became an, a, a listening experience 
that obviously I hadn't really had to think about before, but it was, I could, I could pick out the French horn. Um, I could pick out so many more instruments and it was, it just got to be way more, it just so much more beautiful. I know I'm stumbling over my words because it was, it was when it hit me that it was a richer experience for me after vision loss, which sounds crazy. Um, it, it, it blew me away. It just blew me away. And all I did was I just listened. I didn't, couldn't see the members. I couldn't see the stage and it was a better experience. It really, really was. So music, you know, again, you can have, get the deaf to be able to listen. Um, if you're blind, I'm telling you from going from sighted, and you guys can relate from fully sighted to a concert or a symphony or an orchestra um, performance to then being blind. It's, um, this sounds bad in a way, maybe, but it's, it's so much deeper and richer when you you're not distracted. And, um, it was a, it was a re it was a real aha moment for me when that, when I, you know, made that shift, um, to enjoy those concerts in a whole nother way, whole nother way. And, um, you know, music's so universal that, you know, everyone should be able to enjoy it. And I can imagine the, the, the tears of joy that would come from someone who was deaf, who has never heard music, um, just feeling those vibrations. I mean, it would be like, you know, anyone who is blind, visually impaired going and being able to feel a painting, um, right. you know, they're making those tactile and they vibrate now and all the things they're doing for that in 3D, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's just mind blowing. And, you know, uh, just so thankful that people are coming up with this kind of technology to yeah. allow everybody to be inclusive for everyone to enjoy it, no matter which sense they're going to use. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's the really important thing to take away from that, right? Is that there's all there's all kinds of different ways than we that than we conventionally think about interacting with with these different things, whether it's like you said, tactile, tactile paintings that blind people can enjoy and they can they can visualize in their own way by, you know, using their other senses. And you know, the same thing with with um, with people who are deaf. So yeah, it is really cool when they think outside of the box on these things. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just even for, you know, people trying to help the deaf or the blind to see, feel um, things, but even for, um, you know, someone who's deaf or blind, you know, it, you have to also change your mindset to be like, this is how I'm going to enjoy this and, and go all in, yeah. go all in um, and be open, open-minded and, you know, open, you know, in a good heart space to fully embrace that as that is how you're going to enjoy it and, and take it on. So, um, yeah, it's so awesome. And I, 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 I love, you know, I, I thought, um, you know, being able to just listen was so amazing. Um, but being able to feel the music, I'd be all over that. I'd be totally all into that, you know, feeling the vibration of, of instruments. I think that'd be super cool too. Under hundred percent. I mean, that's, I, I, you know, I think that that's, part of the appeal about going to see live music especially like a big concert like that um is that you can feel the music you you feel that vibration you feel more in tune with what's going on with live music than you do when you you know you're sitting and, and listening on head with headphones yeah 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 absolutely well that actually dovetails really nicely into something else that i thought uh, we could do in this episode um, because between the, the Tuesday anti-gloom Zoom room and the Thursday uh, virtual pub nights, 
um, one thing that comes up over and over again is music. And uh, I wanted to just pitch out some uh, some songs that I've been tripping on over the last last week or so, um, just because uh, you know I've, I've thrown some of the names out in in these other in these other uh, Zoom meetings that we were doing, and uh, pe- people haven't known the songs, and uh, uh, I get exposed to a lot of different music because I've got you know kids who are in their twenties, and uh, and mm-hmm. also I you know that when I, they, they start sharing stuff with me and I start listening to stuff like that on Spotify, Spotify starts feeding me new songs that I haven't heard before. So, so mm-hmm. I wanted to pitch out some songs and just, I'm not going to play any of them. I'm just going to list them. Okay. Uh, and if people want, they can, they can go and they can, they can look them up and, and give them a listen. But, uh, but the ones that I've been uh, on about these days are um, one is uh, crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Do mm-hmm. any oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a terrific song. I really love that song. Yeah. Um, uh, one I've been uh, jamming to the guitar with is uh, Tempted by Squeeze. Oh, love anybody... me some Squeeze. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Squeeze. Yeah. Um, and uh, a song that a lot of people probably know, well, Canadians anyways, uh, probably know from uh, Michael Bublé performing it, but uh, Feeling Good by Nina Simone. I went back and listened to the original and darn, that's a, that's a, really good song mm-hmm. uh name by the goo goo dolls mm. i don't remember know. the goo goo dolls but i don't i don't recall that song it's a good song okay. name. all right yeah. okay yes and uh, the, the last one i'm going to pitch out there for people to consider is uh, cleopatra by blue Maneers. Uh, i was i was trying to make these all happy songs <laughs> Cleo, cleopatra by the Lumineers is is uh, it, I, I decided I was going to try and play it. And uh, uh, I, it's the first time that I actually read through the lyrics and they're super depressing, but the song's great. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, don't you hate it when they do that? It's like, yeah. this is the greatest song ever. It makes me so happy. And then you you think yeah. to listen to the actual lyrics and it's it's, like, it's wow. actually a downer. And it's like, why would you do that? Thanks Total bummer. Buzzkill. Yeah. Stop subverting my expectations. I don't want my sub my expectations subverted. I don't know where. Why? When did this become cool to subvert expectations? <laughs> I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Those are some couple of those uh, I'm very familiar with. Some like not so much, but thanks for the suggestions. Um, I sometimes on the weekend mornings. I will just ask uh, Google to play play me a happy coffee, good morning, <laughs> sunshine playlist. And honest to God, there's times where she goes, here you go. Here's a happy, good morning, sometimes, you know, sunshine coffee <laughs> playlist. And I'll be like, holy crap, here it is. And um, but usually they've they've got some good playlists out of there. If you just want to put on, you just call it out. I want happy, good morning, sunshine music. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there's a playlist out there and I've hit some really good ones actually. So if you're just looking for a random playlist and you just want something kind of upbeat, kind of start your day, just ask it, you know, give it like 17, you know, adjectives <laughs> and some, <laughs> honest to God, something will pop up. Awesome. That's some good luck. And now the troll in me wants to create a Spotify playlist. It's like super happy lollipop rainbow playlist. And then it's like, oh, Morrissey and like. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it started. Well, Rob, off, I think the one I did start off with, like "Don't worry, be happy," you know that song, and then it went. It, I think every t- song title had the word "happy" in it or something like that. I'm not sure, but um, it'll put a smile on your face for sure. All right, next is you'll you'll be happy to know we are finally getting rid of that nasty, rapey skunk. Pepe Le Pew has been canceled. What? And will and will not be part of the upcoming Space Jam movie. What? Really? Are, really? Is this real? It, it absolutely <laughs> is real. It's absolutely true. It is not going to be it's fake news. Pepe is not going to be part of the Space Jam movie. Uh, and it's because of his past behavior. It has been unacceptable. He has been uh, macking on women a little too hard here and uh, uh, making them grievously uncomfortable, even going as far as locking doors and not letting them out. So Pepe Le Pew has been axed, canceled. No, okay, real. Okay, you have to, please tell me this is, this is real, right? This is this is absolutely real, and I challenge you. I challenge you to go back and watch Pepe Le Pew cartoons (laughs) from today's perspective. Oh oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be around anymore. (laughs) Was he even in the first Space Jam movie? This is yes, yes he was. All right, okay. Oh yeah, that's right, he was. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do we? Should we? Can we rehabilitate him? Like, do we have to just cut him? Is there a way you know, that send him to rehab something I, or something like I feel like I, I feel like he's not beyond redemption. I don't think we should just he was him. acting the part he was told to act. And he's passionate. That was his thing. Yeah. <laughs> he was a ladies, he was a lady skunk. He was. Yeah. yeah. He was he uh, was utterly, utterly inappropriate <laughs> by Kenny He so was freaking Harvey Weinstein, for goodness sake. No, he's seriously. <laughs> Goodbye, Pepe. No, Goodbye, Dr. I do, Seuss. I do think that they missed it. I think they missed an opportunity, though, because I think what they should have done is they should have had him go and do his shtick on a strong woman and just have her take him apart. <laughs> I think I think that would have been funny and educational all at once. See, I don't know. I often felt bad for Pepe because I feel like he he just had no luck. He, he tried. No yeah, he, he tried. tried. He he just didn't have any game, and I felt bad for him. You know the little <laughs> kitty cat that got the paint on on it. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That, that kitty cat probably still suffers trauma to this day. PTSD, right there. Yeah, man. Mm. man. Wow. I don't know. I really, I legitimately don't know how I feel about that. I mean, <laughs> on the one hand, I get it. On the other hand. I did like they could have just not put him in the Space Jam movie and just not said anything. I, I guess somebody asked them. I guess so. <laughs> and and they and they had to respond, but they're but, making uh, him an example, you know. Well, you think about it. If, if if they're going to object to the song "Baby It's Cold Outside," you got to know Pepe's next. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. It does. On a related note, Pepe's next album which is entitled baby it's cold outside (laughs) (laughs) as well baby it's cool outside (laughs) um Uh, what's next you know i don't know i don't know now i'm now my mind is just reeling at all the different other cartoon lecherous characters that are next well i i I got one march 23rd 
coming up. What is that? Yeah. Is that a Tuesday or a Thursday? I can't remember now. Uh, March 23rd. It's a Tuesday. So mm -hmm. uh, one, one of the uh, things I mentioned for our anti-gloom Zoom room is uh, the, uh, I, I, when I send out the invites for them, I send out, you know, what day is it? Because there's a lot of international days of such and such. But uh, uh, March 23rd is near miss day. <laughs> near miss day is an annual reminder of the day in 1989 when an asteroid, almost uh, like a city killer asteroid, the, the size of a mountain, nearly collided with the Earth. Oh, wait, that's not a city killer. That'd be a planet killer, wouldn't it? No, no, it's not quite that big. If Had it hit the Earth, they estimate that it would have been the equivalent to about a 600 megaton explosion. Okay. So they, they, they've referred to it as a city killer asteroid because if it was anywhere near a city, it just would have completely wiped it out. Mm. But, uh, but uh, the interesting thing is it was discovered. What day do you think it was discovered? Rob, here, we'll, we'll do a pool here. What, what day do you think it was discovered? Uh, so it was March 23rd that it flew by us. What day do you think they discovered it? Probably like July 7th. Anybody else want to take a guess? What year was this? Uh, it was, uh, it was 1989. March 24th. Okay. <laughs> Next day. They Sorry. went, wow. Did you see that? Yeah. It was actually March 31st, nine days after it went by us. Wow. Yeah. Didn't even see it coming. That's crazy. That's yeah. So, so they have a day to kind of um, celebrate and just mark the day that we well, you know, almost blew up a city. Naturally. It's, it's a reminder that we really need to pay attention to asteroids that are floating around out there because, you know, the they're they're hard to spot they they yeah. have they don't reflect a lot of light you know they they're uh, and and a big one could do major damage even, mm -hmm. even the ones we're not seeing so we are so lucky that we have not been nailed by an asteroid in the in the last while well you know why it's because we're consumed with pepe le pew instead of like looking out for asteroids <laughs> well no it's because the space jam people are saving us and they're saving us by not being distracted by okay. that damn skunk Hold on. Now I'm thinking, I want to circle back to the story for one second. Okay. Why? Okay. Why? We're canceling Pepe Le Pew for macking on a cat. Okay. Let's talk about the coyote. He straight up tried to murder the roadrunner, like repeatedly, like just straight up wants to kill it. He's a serial killer. And we're letting that slide. Like, I'm, is he in the Space Jam movie? Okay, in order to be a serial killer, first he has to kill. He has never gotten that okay, roadrunner, okay, not even once. Well, okay, that's fine, but... So he's he's at best an attempted murderer. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, is Sylvester, Sylvester the cat? Like, oh my yeah. God. He's an yeah. attempted murderer. Indeed. With Tweety. Tweety. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Talk about PTSD, that poor bird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people. it's probably, you know, that poor bird has a speech impediment and everything. Poor thing. Yeah. Bullied yeah. by that cat. Yep. I don't we're know. Getting we're getting letters. We're definitely getting letters on this one. <laughs> no, I, did, I, don't, I think I think, our, I think our listenership will be on our side on this one. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or Rob's <laughs> going to go back and watch Pepe the Pew on YouTube tonight. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. 
I mean, do you think someone's combing through Looney Tunes and going so inappropriate, so inappropriate? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the yeah, whole sure. everybody's looking through. That's why Dr. Seuss has four books that are being pulled. That's I actually, haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's which four, ones? four books. Uh, I don't know? know which four, but it's I guess hey, due to Google, some due to some, some illustrations. All right, working on it. This the six books. Yes. Okay. Are and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. Never heard of it. Uh, it is the very first book that he wrote, apparently. They're the first okay. children's book that he wrote. Um, okay. Elliott's Pool. Yeah. No. no. If Not If popular. I Ran the Zoo. Now that one was popular. Was it? Wonder. Yeah, it was. I read that one a few times to my kids, but I can't remember why it would be weird. It's it's mostly the illustrations. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a lot of racial oh. stereotypes in the illustrations. Uh, uh, scrambled Eggs Super. Huh? I don't know that one at all. Mm -hmm. uh, on Beyond Zebra. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I say zebra because we've got an American guest on it. So <laughs> and uh, the cat's quizzer, are you smarter than the cat in the hat? Oh. Because yeah, if, you, if you're not, you feel dumb and that's bad. You know, you're making people feel stupid. But um, if I ran the zoo, I might even have that book somewhere. I'm going to have one of my kids look at it. Interesting. Hmm. Well, okay. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I don't really know the ages of everyone, but you know, maybe we're, you know, somewhat in the range, but what about going way, let's go way back, you know, the books, you know, that were, you know, Dick and Jane, does anyone have a problem with that? You know, like, mm, that word could be used, you know, in profanity. Let's change Dick's name. Well, that hmm. is true. That did, that was kind of a running joke in my elementary school, I will admit. We did have some good chuckles about that, but no, you're right. You're right. You know, um, I mean, I don't think the books are, you know, used these days, but you know, back in the day, you know, yeah. um, you know, pull those classics off the shelf for God's sakes. It's a real fine line, you know, in, on the one hand, I think I'm, I'm of two minds of all this stuff. Like on the one hand, I kind of go, eh, this is kind of annoying. Uh, but then on the other hand, I go, yeah, but you know what? I'm old enough. I don't care. Like, whatever. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, if you want, well, I think every every generation has probably well has gone through what our generation's going through. We're looking back at the '70s and '80s. We're looking at the books we grew up with, the toys we grew up with. That's all being pulled from shelves. It's all being replaced by you know whatever. You know, everything is being looked at, and you know now is kind of our time. We're looking back at these things, going, "What's wrong with it? It was fine for us." Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was a different time, different place. Was, there wasn't yeah. technology. There wasn't Google. There wasn't, you know, yeah. other things, you know, nowadays, you know, kid, that's, I mean, I know I've had my kids look at, uh, watch um, shows from, you know, the, the past, like Land of the Lost, you know, it's like claymation. It is so corny. But of course, I thought it was the best show ever. And now there's probably things in there that, you know, as whatever age I was at the time, 70s you know, late seventies, um, mid seventies, whenever that show was out, um, that were probably totally inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like none of that stuff really upsets me. Like, see, like if it's, if it's all in the, in the spirit of, you know, tweaking, tweaking our society, trying to make it a little better. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. you know, none of it, none of it really upsets me that much. I mean, yeah, I feel bad for Pepe, but you know, whatever, dude, Terrible. As, long as, they don't, <laughs> as long as they leave the Muppets alone, well, no, I, I think oh, the, Muppet, the Muppets were pulled. No, no, they weren't. Well, well there, there's there's controversy over the Muppets that Disney has now acquired them. 
no, that's right. Did they put there's some controversy over that? Had to put a warning or something in front of right. So, so apparently there are 17 Muppet Show episodes now that are going to come with warnings. Is that right? What? Yeah. Yeah. Content warnings. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, what are they going to start having? Like ratings, like you know, are you know, rated, R rated, PG thirteen. I mean, you know. I would. I would worked for movies. Why not TV? I guess so. I guess so. But putting mature content warnings before you put your seven year old in front of the Muppets. You know, wait, is this a is this one of the explicit episodes? (laughs) I mean, you know. first, First of all, I would go see an R rated Muppet movie. Hands down, like that would be, I would totally, I'm in, I'm in. It's probably already on the web. Just Google it. Yeah, right. But that is awful. that why you always had that framed picture of Miss Piggy on your desk? <laughs> hey, put Pepe Le Pew against Miss Piggy. Let's see what happens. Oh, hey, now there's. Oh, she would take him apart. Right. Uh, there you go. There you go. Now that's some rehabilitation. But yeah. <laughs> Miss Piggy for a day and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't put up with him. At no way. Uh, no, but like, you know, I, I do get it. Like, you know, it's not like because mm-hmm. I guess the idea behind it is to just put something there in front of the episode to acknowledge that, you know what, there's something in here that eh, might be a little it, it kind of. It was, it was kind but of who cool. decides was, that fine. who decides fine. what i'm allowed or what i i, I just don't oh know i again who decides what's appropriate and what's not well i think that i i think that you know when it comes to things and again i don't know what they've what the what the muppet episodes are yeah like what could possibly yeah. be there but it could be you know it could be something as simple of like say like a, a you know some sort of a stereotype it could be um, of a particular minority group that you know was was common in the 70s but now they want to they want to point it out and go okay well we're not going to straight up ban or pull this episode but we just want to acknowledge that you know what this is kind of isn't cool anymore and i think that when you're when you're dealing with the with the up and coming generation i kind of i'm kind of cool with that like i think yeah. that if we can sort of instill in them saying that Mm-hmm. You know, we, yes, we grew up with this and yeah, we turned out fine, but if we want to, times are different and, and, and yeah. we want to be a little bit more sensitive to these things. Yeah. Eh, okay. Too. I think you'll actually like the, uh, the, the, um, the disclaimer that they're putting up in front of these shows. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Sure. It says this program includes negative depictions and, or mistreatment of people or cultures these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now rather than remove this content we want to acknowledge its harmful impact learn from it and spark conversation to create more inclusive future uh, to create a more inclusive future together disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe no i think that's good i think that that's a good yeah i think it's well said i think that's a good I think that's a good way of handling it to, to recognize the problem Yep. Uh, yeah. without necessarily canceling it altogether. Uh, but, but to, to acknowledge that, you know, this, this came from the past and we were a bunch of weirdos back then. Yeah. And spark, well, spark conversation. See, Which I think that's done. cute. Make that's it educational. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's the positive in that. Okay. We brought it, we brought it back. It's that's, a you know, okay. They didn't totally, you know, delete it, you know, 
put it in the trash, the whole thing, never to be seen again, because it, it is historical Muppets, you know, it, it was there. You, it, you know, and that's a lot of, a lot of things is they, you know, let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. And it'll be played again. It'll be shown again. Well, you know, it was there. It was part of history really. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we all came through it a little unscathed, but I think Ryan said, Times are just different now. It doesn't mean that they didn't happen. They didn't air. They weren't created. They were. And I I think that warning is well said and sparking the conversation with your children on whatever the episode, you know, had, you know, whatever the theme was or the storyline, I think is a great way to start the discussion on inclusive, you know, inclusiveness and um, race and disability, um, you know, animals that live in trash cans, um, you know, you know, pigs and frogs. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's a great way to handle it really is. Well, this has been an absolute delight to have you back on the show, Maria. Well, it has been fun. Lots of good laughs. Great stories. You know, I know we we kind of went all over the board, but, you know, good conversation. Thank you so much for having me on again. And I hope you'll have me again. Well, of course we will. And in the meantime, uh, if people are interested in checking out what you're up to, uh, where can they where can they do that? Well, they can find me on social media, of course, on Facebook and Instagram at Girl Gone Blind. You can find me on Twitter at Girl underscore Gone underscore Blind and on LinkedIn at Maria Johnson. And of course, my blog, um, GirlGoneBlind.com. Wonderful. Uh, Hey, Ryan. Yes, Rob. Uh, Where can people find us? They can find us on TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Breaker, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And atbanter.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That one. atbanter.ca or atbanter.com. Hmm. Or at our new domain, www.rehabilitatepepe.com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That's awesome. It's probably already out there. Yeah. Yeah. Save Pepe. Oh my. Yeah, that's true. No one can spell rehabilitate. That's that's good. That's good thinking. (laughs) Good work. Hey, well, you know where else people can give us heck about this episode? They can do that on Facebook and Twitter as well. That's right. We are looking forward to the evisceration about to happen, not by kangaroos. Yeah, you're one to talk. You're not even on Facebook. All right. Well, I think that's going to about, I think we did enough damage for one night. (laughs) Well, Uh, do you want to give out the email address where people can actually send us their hate mail? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot to do that. Hey, people can also drop us a line if they so desire at cowbell at (laughs) atbenter.com. Uh, hey, that's going to about do it for us this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. And, of course, Maria, thank you so much. It was an absolute delight to have you on. And uh, let's do this again very, very soon, certainly sooner than three years. Four oh, years. my God. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You guys know where to find me. Okay. You got it. Thanks again. Thanks for coming. And we, we will see everybody next week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. 
Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Take.